your hour of thrive time begins now with your host jay mamie on the jay mamie talk show Good day, everyone, and welcome to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. This is Jay Mamie, and you have now entered your hour of Thrive Time. I want to welcome all of you listening to the show for the very first time. It doesn't matter what station you're listening to the show on. If this is your first time, welcome to the Jay Mamie Talk Show experience. I want you to know that your hour invested today is going to yield tremendous returns in the areas that I feel most important. And these are areas that will help you thrive. Today's show is going to be fantastic as we dive further into, as we've been doing for almost two years now, thriving content that if you pay attention and if you implement will change your life. In one area or another, you will find today that this is a fantastic investment of your hour, not only today, but moving forward. So thank you for joining us today for the very first time. And if you are a returning listener, can I just say thank you? Uh, we're coming up now on our close to our 100th episode, and I was just chatting earlier with our program director, how it's amazing that two and a half years ago when I took on this challenge, and I'm not opposed to taking on challenges, when I took on this challenge, when the offer was presented to me, I thought to myself, wow, a radio show? I mean, that's the last thing I need to do because I've got so much going on, but I knew there there's value that I could deliver And boy, time flies. We launched this right in the beginning, uh, just about the beginning of uh, the pandemic. And here we are two years later about to celebrate our 100th episode. And that's only because of you loyal listeners that are listening from all over the world, really. And I'm excited about that. In fact, we're going to have a chance to, to have a question addressed from one of our listeners in London. But thank you for continuing to make this show a weekly part of your Thrive Minded activity. And for those of you who have not had a chance to hear some of our prior episodes, let me give you some encouragement. You can go to my site, thejmamietalkshow.com. Not only have a look at who's been on the show prior, but who's coming up. And if you have missed any of our prior episodes, then you can go to our library section, which links you right to our podcast platforms, and you can listen to all of our prior episodes with amazing guests, amazing content, really just unbelievable material that that can meet you where you're at, depending on the day you listen to that particular show. So make sure you go there, thejmamietalkshow.com. You could also make sure that you go to any of the your favorite podcast platforms and pick me up there as well, the Jay Mamie Talk Show. And while you're at it, make sure that you go over to my personal site, thejmamie.com, thejmamie.com. There you'll have a chance to look at some of my my other videos and have a look at, uh, have a chance to read my blogs and my videos and look at my books that are impacting and influencing folks all over the world, have my books on the site. You'll also have a chance to see the Thrive Sales Mastery course. This course now was launched about four months ago and it is just rocking, folks. I can't tell you the amount of testimonials that I'm receiving from so many people in this in this sales and communication industry. We're building their businesses, entrepreneurs that are looking for ways to feel more confident and competent in the way they communicate their content to their own audiences and the thrive sales mastery course is just doing phenomenal in just about four months that we launched it so you can find all that information out at thejmamie.com and also i'm going to encourage you to stay in touch with me many of you reach out to me weekly now through my uh, social media platforms my instagram and twitter is at the jmamie also, track me down on Facebook, DJ Mamie, and of course on LinkedIn, where many of you reach out to me. You can connect with me there, send me a request, and we will connect. And finally, guys, I'm on TikTok. I've been saying this. I've been going to get on TikTok. My brother, who's been on me about TikTok, he says, you got to get on TikTok, bro. So I finally got on TikTok. You're going to see some content there as well. Make sure you track me down on TikTok and follow me because we're delivering thrive-minded content every single day on those platforms. And today is no different. I'm fired up about today's show, folks. You know, there's days I get up and I'm just thrilled. I'm excited. I'm giddy. Because I can't wait to bring the content to you. And today's one of those days. Today is a show where I promise you, if you don't have a pen and paper handy, you're going to miss it. Because I believe note takers are money makers. That's right. Note takers are money makers. And today we're going to jam pack 10 pounds of groceries in a two pound bag. Because <laughs> we've got that kind of content here that we're going to just jam pack the show. And you're going to want to hear it over and over again. One of the reasons I'm excited because our spotlight guests 
our spotlight guest is a fan favorite of mine. I'm a fan of his. Isaiah Stanback is not only the one of the Super Bowl winning wide receivers of Super Bowl 46, but more importantly, he was with the New York Giants when he won that game. And I'm a New Yorker, folks, and I'm a Giants fan. That's right. I'm a Giants fan, and I love that game when Eli, when Eli Manning uh, took down Tom Brady uh, for that game, I, I remember that game as it was yesterday. So Isaiah Steinbeck is going to be with us today. He's also the NFL analyst for the Dallas Cowboys. He's an NFL, NFL insider for the podcast Locked On NFL Pods. He himself is a speaker, and he's also the founder and CEO of Steadfast Fitness and Performance. The brother is on fire. So he's going to be on the show today. I'm looking forward to speaking with him. But our author spotlight is someone that I've known for quite a while at a distance, a, a fan of her success, a fan of her message and, and what she speaks on and her history. And she's going to be on the show today. Jamie Villalobos is the CEO of Revolution Financial Management, but she's on the show today because she is now the author of the newly released book, Happy and Strong, Create Your Dream Life While Enjoying the Journey. Fantastic title, fantastic book. It's getting great praise and recognition from those that that are in the writing world. Uh, I believe it's already up to uh, the Amazon top bestseller, or certainly it's on its way there. Tremendous feedback that the book is getting. So when you've got someone who's that successful, who's got a track record of success in building people, building a business, and now has written a book to tell the whole story and how to build a happy and strong life, you've got to have that individual on the show. We're going to have Jamie Villalobos join us a little later on the show as our author spotlight. So I said, folks, we've got a lot going on today. But I mentioned earlier Having folks reach out to me is a thrill. I love when I get the emails, and, it, and I get these emails and text messages, uh, Facebook messages all the time. 90% of them are pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I get some of those knuckleheads that reach out to me uh, with some craziness, but 90% of them are pretty good. And I appreciate when you reach out to me. That's why I say connect with me, folks, because we can have a chance to chat. And I do try to respond to as many as I can. But I had a listener uh, who sent me a question this past week. The listeners all the way from London. We've got a pretty large listening audience in London because we've had, we've had some guests from London here. And, uh, and I'm excited about that. But this individual's name is Lloyd, which I, I find it kind of, uh, kind of interesting and amusing in a way, respectfully, though. Lloyd from London. So, Lloyd, I know you're listening. We got, we, uh, we're going to go over your question. Uh, but this is Lloyd's message to me. He says, Jay, we love your show, your energy, and the content. But boy, do we really love your New York accent. <laughs> Lloyd, I don't care if you like to show the energy, the content, or my accent. Just come on back and keep listening, brother. <laughs> but Lloyd's question refers to my show last week, which was phenomenal. We had not only Gabby Natalie, the three-time award-winning uh, broadcaster, but it was a fantastic show. But I spoke in that show early on about creating your life resume. And if you've not had a chance to hear that episode, you want to go back and check that out. It was a powerful message about creating a life resume. So his question pertains to that. He says, Jay, you spoke about creating a life resume, but how would you recommend doing that when so much of your life has already passed? That's a fantastic question. Guys, I'm going to tell you something. I get feedback all the time, but this past show's message on creating a life resume must have resonated with a bunch of people because I can't tell you the amount of feedback I've received on this one particular Thrive Talk that I gave last week. That's what he's referring to. So let me give you the answer, Lloyd. You know, the bottom line, Lloyd, it's, it's never too late to begin creating a vibrant life resume. You simply start where you're at. Now, granted, there there probably are responsibilities, and you have restraints and situations, because um, it sounds like you have uh, sounds like you're a little bit further along in life, right? Based on your question, if I can uh, presume that, but some of these situations that you're in right now and and limitations that they, they may not allow you to create those experiences that you may have been able to create years ago. Right. But it doesn't matter. That it doesn't mean that you throw in the towel that it's over for you. Here's my suggestion to you, Lloyd. Begin writing down a list of what inspires you, what drives you to take action. And it may be political involvement. Right. It may be a cause. It may be starting a business. It may be finally asking the coworker out if that's someone who's out there with the same situation or the same question. You see, here's the thing. 
It doesn't matter if it works out. Whatever you're going to try, whatever experience you're going to get involved in, it doesn't really matter so much if it works out. I mean, you want it to work out, right? You want it to work out uh, for the long haul or for the season of time that you're doing that project or, or having that experience. You want it to work out, but here's the deal, guys. It doesn't matter in the end if it does or if it doesn't. What matters is that you tried. It matters that you tried, and whether for a long while it worked out or a short while it worked out, it doesn't matter. It becomes part of your resume. Don't shortchange your life because you didn't try enough things. When it's all said and done, and you look back upon your life, and you look at your life resume, don't find yourself in a place of regret because you didn't take enough chances. You didn't try enough things. You let other people get in the way. You talked yourself out of trying something. It doesn't matter if it works or if it doesn't work. It matters that you gave it a shot and that you tried and you filled your resume with so many diversified experiences that you can look back, Lloyd, and say, man, even though I missed a lot of those years, the last 10, 15, 20 years, I knocked it out of the park. Look at my resume. It's never too late, Lloyd. Find what you're passionate about and get after it. Give it a shot. You can do it. Start where you're at. Folks, I told you we're off to a fantastic start, and we're going to be right back after the break with Isaiah Standback. Hey, guys, your website sucks. At least dealing with it probably does. And your website is the center of your marketing universe. So that's really not good. Your website lives in the weird world of the geek, which is a realm that is almost inaccessible to normal humans like yourself. Since 2004, your web guys have been bridging the gap between small business owners and their web presence. Because at your web guys, we will build your website so you can build your business. Here's the deal. We will go over 268 checkpoints on your website, which will tell you what's wrong and how to fix it. Go to WebsiteHealthCheck.net to get this great value. Are your sales lagging? Are you frustrated with your ability to effectively communicate the goodness of your product or service? Could your income greatly benefit from you getting better at selling? Hi, this is Jay Mamie, the host of the Jay Mamie Talk Show and the curator of the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. I want you to know that there are answers on how you can get better at the skill of selling. Go to my course, the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. Get the answers you need so you can experience the results you want. ThriveSalesMastery.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Our featured guest today is somebody that I am stoked to be speaking with, to continue to be speaking with. I met Isaiah Standback this weekend. I was hosting an event here called the You Can Live Again event in Dallas, and I was moderating a panelist, and on the panelist was champions from the NBA, champions from NFL, Super Bowl uh, champions, and one of those individuals was Isaiah Standback. I mentioned early on at the beginning of the show in our opening, he is part of the Super Bowl-winning New York Giants team, Super Bowl 46. I'm excited about that, but he's also NFL analyst for the Dallas Cowboys, he's an NFL in Insider for Locked On NFL Pods podcast. The brother's a dynamic speaker himself. He's a founder of his own company called Steadfast Fitness and Performance right here in Dallas. Excited to be speaking with Isaiah Standback. Isaiah, welcome to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Man, I appreciate you having me on, Jay. Hey, Isaiah, I want to pick up a conversation that caught uh, that it was part of a question that I asked you. Uh, this past weekend, and, and I want to start there, but before we do that, I'd like for you to have our listeners know a little bit about your story, where it all began, upbringing, and so on. Just take a minute or two to get us up to speed on that. Yeah, most definitely. So born and raised in Seattle, Washington, uh, right there in the hood. I know everybody's going to say Seattle doesn't have a hood, but we have one. <laughs> yeah, it's right uh, around the corner so. from Starbucks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so grew up right there in the, in the heart of Seattle, Washington. Uh, grew up in, in, in separate in separate households in terms of my parents. My, my mother uh, had three kids by three different father, fathers. Uh, my dad, I went to go see him every other weekend. Um, it just kind of grew up in that type of environment. You know, my mom working two jobs. Um, you know, gang activity in the neighborhood, all the jazz, everything that you can really imagine. That's pretty much how I grew up. So, you know, my whole my whole mentality trying to trying to grow when I was growing up was trying to get out of that situation and put my family in a better situation. So I uh, was able to avoid all the all the drugs, all the gangs, all that stuff growing up. We played four sports growing up, baseball, basketball, football and track. Um ended up going to to the University of Washington to play football and did track there as well. 
Uh, turned down to professional baseball out of high school. Um, played the three sports in college. I was the second black quarterback ever in history at the University of Washington, only behind some guy named Warren Moon. Uh, you may have heard of him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, from there, got drafted. Um, got drafted by the Dallas Cowboys to go play receiver. Played six years in the league. Won a Super Bowl. Uh, went back. Got my MBA. Uh, transitioned from being an athlete to being a, a business entrepreneur. Um, and I've been running business now. I now have two companies, um, but I've, my, my one company, the Steadfast Fitness and Performance, has been running that for nine years now. Um, and, yeah, just and continue to just to try, try to expand and explore, man, and just uh, have a family, wife, Natalie, kids. got three kids, two daughters, one son. Uh, my daughter, Nadia, got diagnosed at three with diabetes. So a lot of, a lot of hurdles, man, mm-hmm. um, in life. Uh, a lot of experiences. I've been blessed to be with some really good people, really good organizations, and, um, yeah, a lot, a lot of experience to draw from. You know, one of the, the questions that you answered on Saturday that, that – um, it was just a tip of the iceberg. That, and that's why I wanted to have you on the show today to dive deeper. And I'm also going to have Larry Brown and Mike Williams going to be on the show in, the, for, in future shows. But you spoke about um, being a, one of your proudest moments, one of your greatest achievements was going back after football to pick up your MBA. Why was that so important to you? Because school was never easy for me. Um, Schools, you know, I consider myself to be an intelligent individual, but just I'm not one of those people who just likes to be in the classroom. Mm-hmm. I don't learn by just sitting there. I don't learn by just reading a bunch of books. Like I'm more of a hands-on, watch somebody speak, you know, present, visual type of learner. And the school setting was always very difficult and really frustrating for me. So it was something that I did because I had to because of where I was trying to go. Um, you know, it was in school was a necessary evil in order for me to become what I wanted to be, which was a professional athlete. Um, so I did it so that I can attain that. But once I attained that, now I'm in the, now I've reached the pinnacle. I've reached the goal that I set out for myself as a youth. I became a professional athlete. I lived that life, experienced it, you know, did it at the highest level. I was blessed to be on a great team that went out and won a Super Bowl. So I've attained all the things that everybody kind of sets out to, to, to go after, but then you recognize that, okay, you know, maybe my career is not going the way I want it to. Maybe it's kind of coming to an end, and I'm going to be 28, 29 years old when I transition and retire, quote-unquote mm-hmm. retire, from this thing that I wanted to attain from the time I was a youth. Um, I'm still young, right? So, okay, now I'm going to leave the profession that I worked my butt off to attain and walk into this world now where everybody else that I grew up with, everybody else I went to college with has a 10-year head start on me. Mm. <laughs> When I went to college, I went to college to be a football player. Right. When, you, when, you, when other people go to college, they go to college to get a communications degree, an engineering degree, whatever it may be. They already know what field they're trying to go work in, and they begin that field at the age of 21. Here I am, 29, retiring, and I'm stepping into uh, the professional world with zero work experience. You no. can't just put on your on there that you're a football player. That doesn't help you when you step into the professional world. So I went back to get my MBA because I wanted to create a degree of separation between myself and the competition like I did for so many years with mm-hmm. sports. You know, one of the things that's impressive about that, Isaiah, is you're right. At the age of 28, 29, by no means old at all, mm-hmm. but it's starting over again. And starting over again, not learning a new profession, but going back and picking up academic degrees and then getting back into the work world um, yeah. to compete against those who've been there a little bit longer than you. It took a lot of courage to, to do that. Let me ask you this, because I know that you had mentioned this on Saturday, that you said if you had a chance to go back and do things differently, um, you said that you would have done some things differently to have allowed you to play longer in the league. Correct. What evolved that answer for us a little bit more? Yeah, what I what I mean when I say that is I allowed the politics of the professional sports at the NFL to affect my performance. I let it to affect my focus. I let that energy that I was applying towards my frustrations in regards to some of the decisions that were being made. Um, it, to affect my development, I let, allowed it to affect my performance, and uh, and ultimately uh, affected how long I, I sustain a career. And I would go back to say that you can't change those things that are revolving around you. You're mm-hmm. simply just a you're simply just a, a, a part in that in that environment. So play your role, do the best with the, do the best with what you're given. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't concern yourself with the other elements because you can't control them. And I wasn't. At that time, I wasn't emotionally uh, advanced enough, emotionally sound enough to ignore the noise. 
Um, I was too invested because I was so passionate, because I had put so much into it. I I had overcome being the second black quarterback at the University of Washington, so I went through some emotional strain and understood some of the things that go on politically in sports, uh, but I was tired of it. You know, because I don't know if it's because I had been through so much already at the college level that when I got to the NFL, I had this, um, you know, I had this elaborate idea that things were going to be significantly different, but they weren't. Mm. Um, as a matter of fact, they might have been even worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and and because of that, I was frustrated, um, and and I was mad because in my head, as an athlete, the amount of work that I put in, the best players should play, right? The people who put the most work in should get the most benefit, and I found out that that was not how it was um, at the professional ranks. And that infuriated me and frustrated me. And I allowed that to really take away my focus from working on my craft to working the political side of it. And obviously you're not going to win that ball game. You know something, I can relate to that. That's why when you gave that answer, I related to that because I played college ball and I got, I got to, to play college ball on, on, on a scholarship as well. But uh, the politics that, that someone is senior than you, they got to play and, and, but here's a mistake I made. I quit. Yeah. And I look back now and I think to myself, that was so foolish. You said earlier in your answer, it was about not having emotional maturity. I didn't have emotional yeah. maturity. So I look back and I say, you know, if I would have just hung in, who knows what my third and fourth year would have looked like. Yeah. Um, but I quit and, and I just went ahead and finished up school and did some other things. But I, I look back now, that's one regret that I wish I would have um, done differently. But you live and you learn. Let yeah, me ask you this in our last couple of minutes here before we go to break. You mentioned when I asked, what's the common denominator among all champions, all winners, whether it's in sports, academics, family, church, whatever. And you said, without hesitation, steadfast character. Mm-hmm. Why is that a common denominator that should be exhibited by all those who aspire to be winners? The reason why steadfast character is so important is because you have to have a relentlessness about you to attain whatever goals you set forth. And, you know, kind of doubling down on what I, you know, on the opposite end of what I just finished speaking on, when you have a steadfast character, you're going to be unwavered. You're going to be unbothered by the the outside elements, right? And one of my favorite quotes is, you can't control the, the, the outside influences and, and environments in which you're in, but you can control how you respond to them. And, you know, having that steadfast character allows for you to push through, to overcome. You know, I've had seven surgeries in my career, half of them which would have been career-ending for most people, but I had such a steadfast mindset and, and that, that character and that willingness to really push through. I wanted to overcome those things, and not only did I want to overcome them, I also wanted to show off and show out that I'm better and don't compare me to what others have done prior to me because I'm not them. So having that mindset that I am different than everybody, I am going to do more than everybody else, allow for me to push through and overcome a lot of different things that would have really you know, buried people uh, in, their, in their career. And I, I was able to uh, obviously elongate my career with that. One of the things we're going to talk about after we come back after the break, Isaiah, is two things. What holds people back from becoming the best they can be? Because uh, we spoke about that. But I also want to talk about family, work, life, balance because you're juggling right you got kids your daughter who's a diabetic you've got a family you've got multiple businesses you've got a lot going on so there has to be something that you can speak on with regards to finding that balance and we'll do that right after the break 71 percent of new hires say that the training they received did not make their new role easy to understand and that led them to feeling disconnected at work well, that's probably because according to the talent equation companies spend more money on coffee than training annually I'm Andy Steery, owner of Impact Training. We specialize in helping your company create meaningful training content based on the nine impact pillars of training. Reach out at impactctc.com and let's find what your company needs to elevate your training program to the next level. I can't make any promises about your coffee, though. Friends, this is Jay Mamie, and I'm thrilled to announce that our merchandise site is now open for business just in time for the holidays. My inspirational quotes, encouragement words, and thought-provoking phrases can be printed on a number of very cool items to help you stay in thriving mode. Make sure to visit my website, thejmamie.com. Look for the store link. Check out the items. Once again, that'll be at thejmamie.com. Jay Mamie Talk Show, having a fantastic conversation with Isaiah Stanback. Isaiah, I want to pick up where we left off in our last segment. And having a, a life of as busy as yours, 
family, business, multiple uh, businesses, actually, and you're speaking, you're NFL analyst, you're on the uh, podcast, and so on and so forth. How do you find that work-life balance that so many people are struggling with who are pursuing their dreams as well? Man, it's so funny that you ask that because I, you know, you hear that, you hear that, uh, that that phrase all the time. You know, what what's the balance? And I don't think there's a balance. You know, <laughs> to, to say that there's a balance it means that there has to be equal parts, and there's there's really not. You know, it's really just what you, how you go about distributing your time, and you know, and where you put your values at, because you want to make sure that, at least for me, that the the, the the internal battle that I constantly have is making sure that I have enough energy um, and time to give to my family. Um, and, and especially in the development of my kids. And, you know, because, you know, as a as the head of the household, you know, you get so focused on making sure that you take care of home, making sure that, you know, financially, make sure everybody has what they need. You're taking care of the kids' college and bills, and, you know, you're developing your career. But at the same time, you got to make sure that you're that you're transferring those same um, derivatives, those same, those same traits and characteristics into your kids. And that's the one element that I am focusing on now as I'm starting to try to pull back in the actual foots on, you know, grassroots foot, feet on the ground operations of my business and try to pass those and delegate some of those responsibilities so that I can then in turn invest my time more into my kids. So it's a challenge. It is definitely a challenge, but I definitely don't think that there's ever a balance. You know, one of the things that I, I often speak to people about that are in the place where they're pursuing something. Now, let's just first address that. The only way you're going to find yourself in a place of imbalance is if, number one, you have a family or someone that some someone or, or a group of people that you are passionate about that is non-business related. But if you're also pursuing something of a notable nature, uh, whether it's something academic or something in business or a yeah. career, that's when you're going to find that you probably will have a struggle with balance. But the mm-hmm. one thing I'll say, and, and you're you're a dad and I'm a dad, and you know, and on the heels of, of what happened yesterday in Uvalde, yeah. Texas, you know, I, I got to tell you something. If you're listening to the show and you're in the place where you have a reason to find balance, you don't have to go any further than finding. Uh, to looking at the the fact that on any given day, your loved ones could be lost on any given yep. day. And uh, so you have to find the balance to spend enough time with those that you care about, that love you, that, that want you, because on any given day, they could be gone. Yep. And all the work in the world won't bring them back. And right. uh, and it's just sad. So what, what are your thoughts on that event, by the way? Uh, I hate it. I hate everything about it. I had to have the conversation with my kids this mm-hmm. morning on drop-off day. Mm-hmm. I mean, just helping them understand, you know, we're, we're a faith-based family, and I was letting them know, you know, it's the difference between, you know, it's why, it's why having faith, and in my, my opinion, it's why having faith is so important because everybody has to have, has voices in their head. You know, mm-hmm. it's whether or not if you ever, and from my standpoint, what I communicate to my kids is the reason why we have a relationship with Jesus Christ is because of the fact that we need that voice speaking in our head versus listening to the other voices. Everybody has access to things that can do harm and damage to other people, but it's what you allow yourself to actually listen to and what you act out on that makes you a good person versus a bad person. And, you know, not trying to strike fear in them, but I let them know, you know, I had a conversation the other day with my kids in regards to trust. Like we don't trust everybody. I was explaining the, what happened to, to the young lady, um, in the uh, at, at the the Mavs game last week or two weeks ago, you know when she when she got abducted and and and, um, and trafficked, and I try to explain that to my kids because I want to be the source for them to help them understand good versus evil and mm-hmm. what's really what's really out here, um, and to and to have your eyes open and to understand that everybody's not good, you know, understand that people don't have faith in their life and they're going to make bad decisions and yes, people harm people on purpose and it's just rough, man. Yeah, I hate the fact that we have to have these discussions with our kids with their important. I hate that we have to have these examples. I hate that families have to deal with loss um, in this regards because it raises a lot of questions um, and there's no right answer. There's no one solution, but I just everybody has to continue to try to be better and do better. You know, I, I agree that there there is no answer. And I think today as as those of the those that are listening to this program, uh, and there's folks that might be listening to this program two, three, four, five months from now, it doesn't change uh the content of, of this particular part of the segment here. Yeah. Uh, there is always going to be something that happens unexpectedly, uh, yeah. unwarranted, that causes chaos and damage. But if your faith is strong and if you are tight with your family, um, then, yeah, you, the, the struggle and the challenge and the, and the, the feeling of soberness will be real, yeah. but you can walk away being stronger for it 
even though tragedy struck folks that um, yeah. you know in a hard way. So it, that's where work work life balance is so important. It it, it really Absolutely. is. Family is everything. I want to go back into something that we spoke about uh, earlier. Um, uh, the common denominators of what people of of win of winners. But what do you find in your experience? Because you've been around people who are elite athletes, right? Whether yeah. it was in college, whether it was uh, playing pro ball, people that yeah. rise to the level of elite. What holds most people back, though, from performing at that elite level in your observations? Yeah, I think, um, you know, what I, what I spoke on the other day, I think being concerned with other people's opinions of you. Mm-hmm. And I think when, you know, and that and that's something, you know, that I struggled with earlier in my career was listening to the noise. I didn't really care about what other people on the outside had to say about me, but, like, I cared about what my coaches thought about me or what my coaches might have said. And instead of me being, you know, you know, solely focused on what it is I needed to do, I listened to that noise, and that noise deterred me from where I was trying to go. Um, so especially in this day and age right now with social media, it's difficult because – that's what people concern themselves with. You know, people are, are posting and doing things for other people instead of doing things for, you know, whatever reasons that motivate you. That's right. People find themselves doing things for other people, for other people's, you know, likes, for other people's opinions, for other people's, you know, I don't even know, man, but it's like, you know, fight, get get tied into your faith, get tied into your goals and go after what it is that you want and stop living for other people. Because at the end of the day, those people aren't thinking about you when they go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Those people don't have like, don't have any impact on what goes on in your life. They're simply pushing a button. So don't concern yourself with the ideas and the, and the, and the likeliness of what other people have a perception of you because they're always going to perceive you regardless. They're going to perceive you a certain way. So don't appease them at any point in time. What do you find is the future for Isaiah Standback? You've got a lot going on between uh, analyst work, uh, speaking, your own company, but and you're evolving. Yeah. Where do you see yourself? What's your vision for you over the next couple of minutes as we wrap up here, the next three, five, and, and 15 years and, and, and plus for, for Isaiah Standback? Man, you know, I don't know. I hate to say that, but I don't know. I'm really going what God's opening doors for me, mm-hmm. and I'm simply walking through them and trying to make sure that I give the best effort that I can. Um, I feel like it's our job um, to do the best with the vessel that he's given us, and I stay prayed up, and I, I, don't, I don't even necessarily I want to say I seek opportunities, but when opportunities present themselves, I try to knock them out the park. Um, and sometimes you're going to fail. Sometimes mm-hmm. it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I feel like as long as you give 100% effort, you know, he's going to show you the way. And I always ask for his will instead of my will, because as long as I ask for his will, when things present themselves, I don't have to question whether or not I'm supposed to do them. So, you know, and, and I and I really just try to walk forward with that. So as you mentioned, I'm, I have a lot of, I'm juggling a lot of things right now, but whatever, whatever, when, when the dust settles, whatever's there, I'm going to do it to the best of my abilities. And I know that it's going to be in accordance with what he wants. So um, I'm going with whatever, whatever, whatever the man upstairs says. You know, in my last, uh, my last minute here, I always ask my guests that if you were going to leave behind a footprint, mm-hmm. in other words, that's sometimes, that that is how people will know that you're here. Yeah, apart yep. from your family and your kids and and the legacy you leave behind uh, with them, what's the footprint that you want to leave behind when you're long gone? Hmm. I want I want to have impact in whatever regard that is, whether that's in the form of mentoring, whether that's in the form of sharing my experiences, whether that's in the form of uh, helping people overcome, um, you know, different different potholes of life. I want to just make sure that I have impact uh, that resonates with people to allow them to go out and have impact on others. I want it to be a domino effect. Um, I really feel as if everybody, you know, the name of my my company is called Steadfast Fitness and Performance. The reason why it's called that is because everybody has a story of remaining steadfast. Everybody's overcome something. And if you don't share those those stories, if you don't share those experiences, then you're, it dies with you. And I don't think that we're put here in order for those things to die with us. We're given mm-hmm. experiences, positive or negative, to be able to pass those information, pass that information along to help it perpetuate somebody else, uh, propel somebody else. So um, that's it, man. I'm all about impact. And wherever I'm at, wherever I'm placed, I just want to make sure that I have that. Well, Isaiah, you definitely are making an impact. And I know there's a lot more in store for you, brother. I appreciate you being on the show. And you and I will connect and collaborate in the future and see what God has in store for us to continue to make that impact to others. Appreciate being on the show, brother. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on.
Folks, we're going to be right back after the break. Hey guys, your website sucks. At least dealing with it probably does. And your website is the center of your marketing universe. So that's really not good. Your website lives in the weird world of the geek, which is a realm that is almost inaccessible to normal humans like yourself. Since 2004, your web guys have been bridging the gap between small business owners and their web presence. Because at your web guys, we will build your website so you can build your business. Here's the deal. We will go over 268 checkpoints on your website, which will tell you what's wrong and how to fix it. Go to WebsiteHealthCheck.net to get this great value. Are your sales lagging? Are you frustrated with your ability to effectively communicate the goodness of your product or service? Could your income greatly benefit from you getting better at selling? Hi, this is Jay Mamie, the host of the Jay Mamie Talk Show and the curator of the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. I want you to know that there are answers on how you can get better at the skill of selling. Go to my course, the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. Get the answers you need so you can experience the results you want. ThriveSalesMastery.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I'm excited about the author spotlight. I mentioned early on in the beginning of the show that Jamie Villalobos is not only the CEO of Revolution Financial Management, uh, running a stellar company for many, many years, and I've tracked her success, and I've seen her from afar, but when I found out that she had launched her new book, I thought she would be the perfect person to fill our author spotlight on today's program. She's the new author of the book, recently released, Happy and Strong, Create Your Dream Life While Enjoying the Journey, and it's already climbing the charts. The amount of people that have reviewed this and have thrown their name uh, as endorsements to this book are, are people that are notable. Ed Milet was one of the individuals who actually wrote the foreword on the book. And Steve Siebold, who's been on the show here also, uh, he wrote a, a positive review of the book. And a number of other, John Asaraf also wrote a commentary on the book. So the book is actually making impact, and that's why she's on the show. So, Jamie Villobos, welcome to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. It's awesome to have you, and we're going to dive into the goodness of what you're doing in your book. But before we do that, I'd like for our listeners to understand a little bit about your story. So can you share a little of your story with our listeners? Yeah, sure, no problem. I, uh, you know, I've been an entrepreneur now for 23 years, as you know, mm-hmm. um, but I had a background of just corporate America. I worked in a health club. I actually grew up in a very small, tiny little town of about uh, 325 people in northeastern Montana. So not a lot out there, very small town, very small thinking. And I grew up pretty poor uh, on welfare and food stamps and those Mm -hmm. things in a trailer kind of on the edge of town. And I just wanted more for my life. I was the oldest of six kids. I wanted to be an example for them, show them that it doesn't matter where you came from. It only matters what you want to do with your life and where you want to go. So after high school, I came out. To California, really with the idea of paying my way through school and getting a good job. And after about four and a half years of working in corporate America, I had an income ceiling mm. and couldn't, couldn't make any more money, couldn't work any harder. I was working like six, seven days a week. And uh, more importantly, I had stopped learning. I had stopped growing. I was doing the same thing every single day, not being challenged and not feeling like I was making an impact uh, or helping anyone. And so luckily, I was introduced uh, at the right time. I was hungry for change in my life to uh, my first business and uh, came into uh, the financial industry, a very male-dominated industry at at a young age of 22, female, and probably looked like I was 12 years old. Hmm. So I uh, definitely a different uh, industry, a lot to learn, but uh, I fell in love with it because I felt like I was helping others, that I was making a difference. I was learning new things. I was... Uh, being recognized for all my hard work and efforts, and and I grew a great business there. It wasn't easy, obviously, mm-hmm. building a business and a lot of a lot of trial and error, a lot of uh, mistakes. But uh, you know, my business eventually started to grow, and you know, we like you said, it had been very successful, made seven figures by the time I was thirty, and then multiple seven figures from there. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've helped people with training on leadership, entrepreneurship, but I just felt like the last few years, my favorite, my the the part I was most passionate about teaching and training was helping people to learn how to have more fulfillment, have more balance, to win big in success and in financial and business success, but also be able to put their faith and family first mm-hmm. and have you know more more fulfillment in their life. 
You know, there, there's something to be said about growing up hard knocks, right? Because uh, Montana, uh, and I know your story, right? You grew up in a small town, as you said, small small town thinking, uh, mm-hmm. limited resources, limited opportunities, struggling, um, yeah. you know, welfare. I grew up in Spanish. My listeners know I grew up in a barrio in Spanish Harlem, a product of adoption. Me and my twin yep. brother, you know, my, my father worked three jobs. Uh, my mom was in the family. I mean, so we, I'm familiar with that story. In fact, David Meltzer, who was on the show a few months ago, spoke about mm-hmm. these tough upbringings and, and while we're going through them may not seem like they're a blessing, but when you look back, they are a blessing because they extract yeah. from us uh, this burning desire to be somebody and to do something yeah. special and diffuse that fire to get things done. And I believe that's that's really what, uh, what you were experiencing. And to those who've gone through this can resonate with that. Um, but you, your business now has been thriving. And uh, coming from the same industry as you, I've, I've seen your success for the last 20-plus years. Uh, so you've got a thriving national financial services company, but you also have a family. You've got four kids, uh, you know, yeah. and right in that, that sweet spot where they need mom and the, and the attention of mom and dad. And Sean is a, is a great dad. I know Sean as well. And you guys are, are just yeah. incredible parents. But what inspired you, though? To really take the time to carve out to write this book, considering you've got so much going on, something must have inspired you to say, I'm going to do this. Yeah, I mean, again, probably about a couple of years before COVID, I was feeling again that I was just loving helping these people that maybe they started making money, but now they're like, well, I don't have enough time with my kids or I'm, I'm fighting with my spouse and just giving them the tools and equipping them so that they can make some tweaks and changes to add that joy back into their, their journey and love their life and love what they were doing. So a good friend of mine, Ed Milet, you mentioned he wrote the forward, had mm-hmm. kind of challenged me to, he said, you know, I coach a lot of people, but none, no females that are making the kind of money you're making and traveling the world and have this dream life and have four kids and you know, all these things. Mm-hmm. So I started teaching these classes called Happy and Strong, and I loved it. And, uh, you know, during, then COVID hit, right? And then so – I never planned on writing a book. I, I, I didn't want to. Tons of people have asked me to write and co-write books. And I just said, no, I'm too focused on my business, my family. I have four little kids. I have a you know, teenager now. I just have too much on my plate. But then during COVID, I just felt like everyone needed this message. It seemed like everyone was in their own little form of depression. We are now, mm-hmm. Jay, we, we are now more unhappy than we've been as a nation in over 50 years. There's record suicide, record teen suicide, record record drug abuse, alcoholism, uh, the use of antidepressants. Uh, you know, it's just all these different things. Uh, domestic violence are all on a rise, and a lot of people are just feeling unhappy and they're feeling stuck. And I was like, there was this other pandemic going on that I did have the cure for. And so something just kept pressing on my heart and mind mm. that I needed to write this. And I kept kind of ignoring it, saying no to that feeling, to whatever that was, and, you know, find someone else to do this work. And, you know, again, as soon as I, in my mind, made the decision of, well, maybe I'll do it, what would I write about? And kind of started journaling, journaling a little bit. All these wonderful people came to my aid, John, John Maxwell, who mm-hmm. also has written, you know, forward on the, uh, or sorry, a, an endorsement on the cover of the book. He started to help me and uh, a ton of other great people. And then my mom even called me and said, Hey, Jamie, I'm coming to town. I'm bored in quarantine and uh, Hmm. I can do the pickups, the drop-offs, the cooking. So you can take on a new project. I'm like, all right, fine. (laughs) Things are lining up for you, right? Yeah. just kind of the universe made it happen. That's right. um, I just know that it's going to help a lot of people, you know, and, and I just saw so many people that, just were, again, if nothing else, feeling very stuck, feeling, and it's, it's still that way. You see this great resignation happening with people looking for a better quality of life, more for their family, a place that they can feel more appreciated and enjoy th- their work, have meaning to their work. And so I just wanted to give them the tools to be able to do that, to make those transitions in their life, to, to do what they want to do and be able to put their family in their faith first and have that balance and build the life that they they are meant to have. You know, Jamie, you, I, I love your story and, and the way it's, it's coming together because, uh, you know, as busy as you were, all of these components yeah. started to fall in place for you to get this done, right? I'm a big yeah. believer that when you finally have, a, when, when your calling becomes apparent, you'll find that the universe is on your side. 
Yep, absolutely. I agree. I mean, your mom calling you out of nowhere and say, hey, I'll handle the kids, right? Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, now you've got extra time to get things done. And you will find out that what you were, what you did is what you were supposed to do. That was your task. And you'll find, I've written 10 books. When I get people calling me back and, or texting me and they say, hey, this book, this, this, it, it impacted me here, helped me here. That's when you realize, man, I was supposed to do this. This is something yeah. I was supposed to do. And wait till you start getting, you're getting it already. But once yeah. you start getting those feedback from around the world, and our listeners, I'm sure, are going to be able to pick up that a book and, and send you messages that it's resonated with them. But one of the things I want to talk about is balance. Because you built a, yeah. a very solid career, but you've also worked with great people who have mm-hmm. tremendous potential, but they fall short because they're not able to recognize when they need to hit the pause button long enough to find that median point of work-life balance. What do you say to those folks? Yeah, I think that that's almost everybody that I coach anyways. And I've coached people that, you know, are making multiple seven figures now who started basically rolling quarters to put money in their gas tank, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, I just, I think that most everybody struggles with that balance thing because there is no perfect balance. You know, there's going to be times where you're focused on a big goal in your career, a big promotion or something, and you're tilted more that direction. Then there's going to be other times when you're, uh, having a, maybe a sick parent or one of your children are going through something hard and you're going to be tilted the other direction. And that's okay. That's normal. So there's no perfect balance, but there is striving for balance and having happiness. You mentioned how busy I am. I think I'm the busiest person I know. You know, mm-hmm. I have all these philanthropy things, projects I have going on, building orphanages in third world countries, but I also have those four kids and they all have activities and I have my different businesses and one of my businesses, I have 6,000 people, 6,000 different agents that I coach. So it's a lot going on all the time. But I believe that there's a difference between busy and having anxiety and stress and chaos mm-hmm. and then busy busy and being fulfilled and loving your life and having meaning that you, you know, you're really, uh, you're involved in, in good causes. And so, you know, I just, I think that I've, I've been, again, an entrepreneur for 23 years. I've read every book out there on this stuff, and I just wasn't finding the tools. And so through a lot of trial and error, a lot of failures, a lot of mistakes, and a lot of wonderful, really incredible coaches, I've been very blessed to have incredible mentors and in my life that I, I figured out, like I said, here's, here's how it works. Here's how you can have it all. You, you know, if having it all means, you know, that you are – having a successful, thriving business, making the kind of money you want to make and again, traveling the world, but then also being able to have, you know, a strong, strong in your faith, strong in your marriage, strong family uh, unit and, and fun, you know, that then, yeah, you can have it all. You can. Um, it's just that it's, again, I think most people, they, they don't understand how to do it. They don't mm-hmm. have the tools. They don't have the mentors. They don't have here. Don't step there. There's a landmine step on this direction instead. Mm-hmm. They don't have someone giving them the direction. And so when they hit that wall, they burn out. You know, you mentioned, I'm I'm sorry, you you mentioned something in your book about Mm -hmm. plateaus. And it caught me, Mm -hmm. it really was an interesting point because it's it's about people that are talented, that they hit Mm -hmm. a plateau, as you wrote in your book, because their inspiration was only about themselves and their personal goals. Why is this such a trap? Right. So I think... People will get to a certain level. I see it a lot around quarter million income or half a million income Mm -hmm. on the people I coach uh, because it was about themselves. It was about, well, when I get to this, I'll be happy. When I get to half a million dollar income, when I get to this promotion and they have this idea of the finish line, you know, their goal of what they're trying to hit. And so usually that revolves around themselves or their immediate family members which is great. I mean, that's a great start. That's a great you know, motivator in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to have a finish line because mm. when you hit the finish line, you're finished. <laughs> I don't want to be finished. I want to keep growing. And the challenge is when you hit this uh, comfort zone now, this new, let's, whatever the finish line is for you in your life, your goal, then you stop growing. You stop challenging yourself. You stop getting outside new comfort zones. And again, you just hit that finish line. And so if your goals are outside of yourself, if they're about other people, and again, I don't expect that from people just starting out as entrepreneurs, but once you've got there, when you get there, when you're successful, when you're making it, well, why don't you just turn around and look at the people behind you and then help them get there at least, at the very least. 
But my goals now, I have a business plan that goes 100 years past when I pass away. Awesome. And a lot, a lot of my goals now are all you know, contribution, legacy-type goals. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I've never been this fired up about what's next in my life and in my children's life and in the people that, are, you know, that I have stewardship over because it's about contribution and the different things I want to make an impact in the world and the leaders that I want to build that hopefully will be good stewards of money and philanthropists as well and that ripple effect. But again, if when you make it bigger outside of yourself, you know, things, think about things that you like injustices you want to correct or uh, causes you want to donate money to those types of things, things that you, that really turn you on or piss you off when you can get those types of goals in place guess what? When it's about other people, it'll force you to mm-hmm. continue to do that personal growth journey. And you keep, you have this, you have this, this limitless capacity as a human being to keep getting better, kinder, uh, more, more uh, giving and a better communicator, a better leader. So I, I never want to quit growing. I, mm-hmm. I mean, when you, I, I have this saying, if you, if you're not growing, you're dying. There's no such thing as a plateau. And so I don't want to hit that finish line. I want to continue to grow, continue to be better and to continue to to make a difference. Jamie, that's awesome. Uh, I love when you mention about generations. Uh, that's called uh, generational impact. And Brian Boger, who was on the show not too long ago, spoke about impacting 40 billion people. I said, Brian, how are you going to impact 40 billion people? He says, who says I got to do it myself during my own lifetime? He says, it's exactly. not about me. I was like, Brian, that's brilliant. So, you know, incredible people all share the same ingredient of amazing thinking. And uh, that's where you are where you are. In our last minute here, What's the walkaway message that you want your reader to have after reading Happy and Strong? I think the most important message I want them to have is that they can do it. They can have it all. They can have these great relationships and strong in their faith and be growing and making an impact, but also have that great financial security and, you know, be chasing their biggest dreams. They can have it all. If a little gal from Montana who grew up in poverty mm-hmm. in a trailer in Montana can can be multiple seven figure earner top you know one percent of one percent of income earners in the world. Well, they can surely you can surely conquer your dreams. And so I just want to give them the tools. These are all learnable things. I think that they'll take away from the book that there's nothing special about me. There really isn't. That they can do it too. And um, and I want them to have the tools to be able to create that dream life. Have the create the vision the compelling vision for what's next in their life so they can get unstuck and off that hamster wheel mm. and start gravitating towards what's next instead of just kind of this look this you know year looks a lot like last year and the year before and you know and and that lack of progression causes unhappiness i want them to start moving closer to that dream life and i want them to know that they can do it Oh, fantastic. Guys, and the, the book is called Happy and Strong, Create Your Dream Life While Enjoying the Journey, written by Jamie Villalobos. You've had a chance to hear a little bit of her story. The book is available on Amazon. And Jamie, we appreciate being on the show. And uh, let us know if there's anything new that develops in the future. We'll have you back on. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Folks, that wraps up another fantastic show today. Boy, I said earlier... 10 pounds of groceries in a two-pound bag. Amazing content, amazing guests. We'll see you next week. Until then, keep thriving.